everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about bleached hair, Arthur's many pratfalls, and Abby, dare I say, our first real conundrum. I have a problem. I have a question, and I don't know if I know the answer to this. I'm so excited. I love a conundrum. Can there be such a thing as too much guy liner? Because no. you're about to find out. No, conundrum solved. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We will see you next week. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> All right, everyone. We, I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I've got my my evil queen apple uh, giant overly large mug. This thing is the size of my face. It is full of tea. And I am ready to get to the bottom of this very strange paced episode this big episode a huge episode that was part of a two-parter that may be the most inexplicable two-parter in the history of the world because the one that came right after this is the side quest episode with merida and mulan and ruby where none of the original actors are in there yeah no we're just gonna drop one hell of a bomb and then just like anyway Meanwhile, in the Batcave. <laughs> Meanwhile, over here. Yeah, we look over here. Look over here. Look over here. <laughs> Hence why we are not treating it as a two-parter where we are talking about it in one episode. Because they have nothing to do with each other. Except one moment where Arthur and uh, and Zelina flee. And to lead us into new adventures, which we'll get to next week. But for now, we are talking about season five, episode eight. Birth. Birth. I don't know or why we both keep saying it like that, but it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Birth. I mean, this is one of the first weeks where I think I'm legit upset at the, that we're not using the German title. Because normally it's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Oh, whatever. Because so Birth, I don't I don't think it's a, it's ap- as applicable as they think it is. But in German, it was called Heirs to Darkness. And that's freaking amazing. That's I, in my mind, that's what the episode's called. You know, there's a reason that most of the story, the old story, like fairy tales and stuff, were in German. They apparently just know what they're doing. Yes, they do. So yes, we are talking about season five, episode eight, Heirs of Darkness. Nice. Where we get the final the truth of what Emma has been up to as the Dark One, why she has fully taken on the Dark One persona. And what Hook has to do with everything. Because, you know, he's been acting a little weird lately. And his hair has been just getting more and more must. disheveled. Must. must. So yes, much must. must. So much fuss. Must is a better word. Because it's like, disheveled is is messy. This yeah. is, this is sexy. Oh, yeah. So I was telling, I was talking to Beth before we started recording. I'm like, if I didn't know what was happening in this episode, like, I think I remember watching this being like, He's just going to straight up be dead. They're going to kill him off because Once Upon a Time gives you a monologue and you look the most attractive you've ever looked in your life moments before death. Like that's, they like, listen, that's how I want to go out. I want to give a big speech, look fine as hell, and then just be gone. Like that's how I want everyone to remember me. Look at me. Amazing. Alrighty, everyone. Well, let's go ahead and dive on into this episode we are going to start in storybook in the modern day we're going to dive into it literally because king arthur likes to just fall and dive headfirst into problems or dive headfirst out of tents to escape said problems 
So we start with uh, Charming, Hook, and Robin. Uh, they're getting ready to confront Arthur because Arthur has betrayed Charming. And that is the gravest crime. The bro code has been busted. Who cares if he, if he convinced someone to die by suicide? Who cares that he hypnotized his wife? No. Bro code is the only code that matters. And it has been broken. And Listen, Charming's heart is broken too. Their entire conversation in the tent could have just been, bro, bro, bro. Pull a gun and then everything can keep happening. We didn't need any other dialogue other than the two of them saying bro at each other. It felt like a lover's betrayal scene. Oh, it did. It did. Guinevere was an accessory that did not even, she didn't even say a word, I don't think, in that whole scene. She was just there. As many of the other characters tend to be in a lot of the scenes coming up, like they're all just there to to dress the set, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. this episode is written by uh, David H. Goodman and Jerome Schwartz and uh, directed by Eagle Eggleson, who I'm not super familiar with with Once Upon a Time. But I think that those two writers were just really focused on the core concepts of the episode and they didn't have time to write things for everybody else hence why at one point in the beginning of the episode snow literally says i don't think it's my daughter anymore she's gone and then by the end of the episode which is like legitimately like 20 minutes later she's like no we have to save her <laughs> just I, like well okay and if you haven't watched it yet and you're gonna watch it later after we've briefed you i guess i don't know if anyone's doing that um just watch everybody in the background. Like, the main characters, as they exist in the background, many of them are clearly not given any direction. Like, later, when when, when Emma spirits away a gashed neck hook from Granny Ziner, Belle is standing there, and I think her eyes are closed. I think she is standing there, sleeping while standing. She is not reacting to a single thing. And there's so many times when that's happening, and it's hysterical. Like... Why are they there if you're not going to give them things to do? I mean, she's sleepy from having to hide her pregnancy because it's getting more and more obvious. She's not even actually standing. She's probably like sitting on a box and they've dressed, they made the skirts around it to be like, it looks like you're standing, but in reality you are sitting. So you just sleep over here. We'll draw, draw eyeballs on your eyelids. It's fine. It's tough being pregnant. And, uh, well, so, so they all head over to confront Arthur and Charming's got a gun because... He's, you don't, and, 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 oh, we get, we get the joke of Arthur being like, looks like you brought a hook to a knife fight. I'm like, Charming brought, you brought a sword to a gunfight. Why didn't we get a nice little callback to that? This is stupid. Some of the writing in this episode was um, not, yeah. not a hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, we, if, if you're going to do an episode like this, you need to be bringing a hundred percent to the episode. But I was also mad because you don't get. There, you cannot just have a gun. Like, it's literally called Chekhov's gun, right? You can't mm -hmm. introduce a gun, have the gun sit there, and then the gun goes off. Like, that's what's supposed to happen. Charming pulled that gun, and I just went, I'm not... I, Arthur, first of all, doesn't know what a gun is. So, like, I don't know why he would have been worried. Like, just been like, oh, no, this is a weapon. Like, what, the, what did you just throw it? Like, what did you just point at me? I don't know what this is. Maybe he just assumed. But at the same time, you and I both know Charming's not going to fire that gun. He's sure. not going to kill him. And so, me, in my head, I don't think that thing's loaded. I don't think he knows how to load it. I think he just carries it around to threaten people with, which is somehow more nefarious. 
Yeah, he he has two he has two things he likes to do. He likes to uh, fake intimidate people with with unloaded guns and do push ups so he can feel better about himself as a man. Yeah, seriously, like uh, it just drove me nuts. I was like, you can't just have a gun and then at no point he didn't even pretend to fire it. Like it's not like he fires a warning shot or anything. This gun never gets fired. Yeah, because what happens is he goes to confront Arthur. While Robin and Hook are, are outside, I guess, the wiki Wikipedia says they're securing the area. They're just not. And David's like, how dare you betray me? The, the Crimson Crown. Like, you tried to destroy it. And Arthur goes, oh, you know about that. <laughs> Arthur was just so... He was really stupid in this whole episode. And I don't know why. I think maybe the actor is just like... I've been given nothing, so I'm just going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like all the effort has now been put onto the Emma and Hook thing, which is fine. Well-deserved. It's a great storyline. It's a great twist. I remember being totally shocked by it when it first happened. But, like, we had some legit dark stuff with Arthur, and I feel like it's kind of just petered out. Yeah. Yeah. I... Agreed, because a lot of the stuff that does happen, again, it's all happening, and I've complained about this before, but it's all just happening in, like, the middle of the day, so it seems less threatening. It just seems Mm -hmm. strange and oddly placed, but it's weird that they're taking the drama out of Arthur as a character by just making him less fun, because it's just like, oh, we're, we're shifting focus. Again, that's fine, but you should handle the Arthur thing. By not making us lose interest by being bored by him. I don't care for that. Yeah, th- this has kind of been a problem with Once Upon a Time, especially as we get further on in the series. When the writers or showrunners get very excited about something, they get they get all in on it. And then when something else comes along, it's a shiny new object. They go, ooh, shiny, and they get distracted. And their original thing never gets followed through. And just kind of gets wrapped up in a very unsatisfying way. And that's what happens here, because Arthur bolts out of the tent by cutting a hole in it. He flips open the ta- flips over the table, wine everywhere. Poor Guinevere's dress. He's racing through the woods. Hook goes after him. He's like, he's getting away. And I'm like, how did he get away? You had a gun. But alas, he's running. Hook's after him. And Arthur would have gotten away. But oh no, it tripped and fell out a tree. It is so stupid. Like, Arthur just falls so much. So much falling. So much falling. And he and Hook have a little bit of a a tete-on-tete. Arthur has the upper hand. Looks like he's about to kill Hook. Uh, But right before he can take the the final blow, (gasps) Emma Doc Emma, Emma Doc Emma is there to save the day, to stop Arthur, and to smack him against the wall. Another pratfall. But that's a 10 out of 10. I love it. And... You know, kind of putting the pieces together, having watched the episode, all these times where she saves him, like, just kind of have a different ring to it, given what we end up finding out. Um, According to Colin O'Donohue, he was told pretty early on in the season that this was the plan, like, that Mm -hmm. he had been. Originally, I think the plan was that he died, and I think they changed it to Dark One, which I think was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Oh, spoilers. Oh, no. Um, Oh, no. And I think it was the right choice, but apparently he was informed early on when they were filming this season and he had to inform his performance where he was like very hyper aware of Emma. The way he worded it in an interview was like he was almost like a a vampire looking for his master. 
because she was the one who had created him. So he was always had like a sixth sense for her and was very hyper aware, which seems pretty spot on. Like you can definitely feel it in this episode. And I think if we look back, we would sense it in those ones too. Yeah, we and, and I think we talked about it before is that, yeah, he has like a strange energy about him mm-hmm. that when you and we talked about it before because we didn't want to talk about what ends up happening in this episode until it happened was he had such a strange energy. And I, I, I remember feeling weird about it, being like, this isn't the right. Why is he turned this up to 11? Like at one point, he's so like, like he's almost like scratching at his own throat. Like, I have to find Emma. Like, it's so strange. Like, he doesn't seem like he has any other motivation or drive other than like Emma and finding her and doing those things. And he seems so put out whenever it doesn't quite work out, which now that you say that, and again, Last time we spoke, I think I dropped about three different vampire references, three different <laughs> vampire references. Uh, and uh, yeah, so like that makes sense to me and I love it. And I almost wish we had a bit more of it, but not like more over the top, but just more time with that. Yeah, but but we also have just found out. So I think we might get more of it, not in the next episode, because the next episode has nothing to do with anything. But then in the following one, we'll travel back. There also is another note in here I did want to point out that I thought was very clever because we have been seeing some really good costuming work on the show lately. And one thing they did was if you look at Hook's outfit in this episode, especially in the nighttime, uh, there's a little bit of sparkle on his jacket. Like there's, um, it looks like there's a, a sparkling thread kind of woven through the jacket where it kind of reflects a bit, which I think is kind of a hint as to what his true nature is. I did notice that I liked his outfits a lot this episode. I say outfits, not all of them, because I have some opinions <laughs> about some a choice that we make later. Uh, but I know when he's like later sitting on like, I don't remember if they're sitting on like a bench or a log or whatever, but he goes to sit next to her. Oh, it's when they're having their conversation about like the future and he thinks that she's breaking up with him. And I was obsessed with, I'm obsessed with the scene. I'm going to talk about it for 40 minutes tops. Uh but that whole time is when his like his hair is mussed perfectly over one eye, like he's about to go like open for Fallout Boy in Chicago <laughs> in two thousand and four. Like I don't know what's happening, but also like his outfit, I could see all of it. His cloak, he was wearing this like really rad red leather vest situation. <laughs> they deep V'd it the most I've ever seen it. I think the f- first button started at his like belly button, like it was just like all of the chest. Um, but they went all out on his like his pirate outfit. And it was noticed. I saw it. I appreciated it. Good yeah, job. There was, we, they had sexy pirate in the past. And then in Storybrooke, he definitely looked a bit more chaotic. And then he had yes. the, then he had the, 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 the glints of light kind of shining through, which I think definitely was foreshadowing. Yes. Definitely intentional. I love this. Costuming, 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. So Hook and Emma have a bit of a conversation in the woods. Um, he apologizes for what he said to her on the ship. And, um... And that, you know, he still loves her because she was hurt by what he said when he said he loved her. And he's like, no, girl, I still love you. It's just I'm, my, my feelings are hurt. Also, I might be a little bit of an evil uh, embodiment of evil, but I just don't know it yet. I have this darkness inside of me that I can't quite explain that I've been trying to shove down ever since I got here. Um, starting to kind of make me worried, but... Well, I'm not going to try not to worry about it too much. It's probably fine. It's probably nothing to worry about. And everyone is obsessed with Nimue because that's who 
uh, Merlin had said in his in the little message that that's who could you know stop the darkness once and for all. I know that they have a plan for that, but I keep thinking like how. And also they just keep talking about her over and over and over again. Emma says, no, don't worry about Nimue. She doesn't matter. I've got the whole thing in the bag. We've got it all solved. I've got the sword. We're great. And Hook's like, well, okay, how? What what are you up to? And she says, I'm not not telling you. I'm not going to tell you nothing. And he's like, well, then at least tell me why. And then she's just like, I learned it from watching you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, she she reveals the first reveal of the episode. This is definitely an episode where Emma just kind of breadcrumbs from beginning to end. Every single scene she's in, she is unraveling the tapestry just a little bit, which on one hand gets a little bit tedious. It's definitely reveals on reveals on reveals. But it also, you know, it makes you want to know more. And then when you have that tease at the end of the episode, you're like, oh, my God, now I have to see what this turns into. Why do we have to go to Dumbrock? <laughs> we had to take a cool we had to take a cooling off period. I feel like they thought that this was going to be such a like and it was it's really big, but it's just like, no, we're, this is how we'll draw them through. it. And I feel like the nothing about the next episode. I'm not going to dunk on the episode or anything because I don't remember it at all. But like not following up immediately after this episode with what's going on is a misstep. Oh, like yeah. you can't drop something like that and then distract us with something shiny over here. I, that's insane. That's an insane thing to do. Yeah. I know that they filmed the two episodes at the same time, which could help explain it. That's probably why, you know, none of the actors, you know, most of the actors don't share across the episodes except for Zelina and Arthur, because you gotta have your Zelina and Arthur anyway. All right. Well, Arthur is now in jail. And he's just yelling, and we don't care about him anymore. So whatever, he's just chilling in jail. And Hook is eager to, he is desperate. He is keen on finding a solution. He wants to find Emma. He needs to know what's going on because now he is connected to it. So he's like, I got to find out the truth. And meanwhile, Regina's like, Nah, she's too far gone. Snow is like, nah, she's too far gone. <laughs> she's dead. My daughter is dead. It's fine. Anyone want to go to Granny's get some tacos? Like, it's fine. And, but Emma's like, no, she hasn't used the sword yet. She has not succumbed to the darkness. We still have time. Regina's like, nah, she's just biding her time. She needs one more ingredient for her spell, which Belle happens to know with a conveniently placed book over her belly. The, there were so many, like, she was holding a birthday present moments in this episode. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious, which I'm like, God help you. I wouldn't have wanted a pregnant Belle unless it had been um, the other guy's baby, but they would have never done that. That would have been so hilarious. I would have... So funny. Um, yeah. A lot of big popcorn bowls. A lot of mm-hmm. stand in your doorways kind of situation. I love it. So, yeah. And her... And she says basically that... Emma's going to need a baby. Put a pin in that. Dun, dun, dun. But first, Hook goes to the Dark One, the OG Dark One, Rumpelstiltskin, to try and get some answers. Rumpel's like, I can't help you. I'm not that person anymore. I'm a good person. I'm a hero. And I'm just like, I'm already bored with you, Rumpel. I didn't think I could be more bored with you. But you lamenting? is worse but also i'm pretty sure he takes the darkness back into himself and becomes the dark one again so whatever oh yeah no he's just walking around just like 
one day I'll get my Barkness back. It'll be fine. Because right now he's just like, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm different. I've changed. I suck now. I just, I don't have any powers. People rob me all the time. Like, my squid ink's gone. But, like, all I really know is what the face of regret looks like. Which is a real bummer. Real big bummer, Rumple. <laughs> yeah, I recently replayed uh, Uncharted 4. Great game. But the whole thing is about, like, Nathan Drake, like, you know, trying to, like, live a normal life and leave his, you know, past treasure hunting days behind. But the whole beginning of the game is just, like, he is just so miserable. And then the moment that it comes calling, you know, calling to him, you know, he's reluctant, but he's like, I've never been so alive. Like, Rumple, the moment he becomes the dark one again, because we, we all, guys, we all know it's coming. Yeah. We all know it's coming. He's just going to be, like, <laughs> being alive. That's a Sondheim just, reference. Just a, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sondheim wrote Into the Woods, right? Yes? He did. Okay. So, so I saw This is a completely random tangent, but I have to tell somebody. So I'll just tell everyone. Please uh, do. So on TikTok, they were reviewing a Tumblr account called Sad Milky Whites, which is every sad cow in every production of Into the Woods <laughs> because the cow is an integral part of... <laughs> Into the woods, so stage plays and community theaters need to find a way to put a cow on stage that eats and dies. Uh, so it's just a lot of real low budget and also people who have never seen cows before, as far as I can tell, because it's a lot of real, like, terrifying stuff. It's just Is it like, like a paper mache? Is it costume? Paper mache. Sometimes they're trying to make a person uh, into a, a cow, but it's like horror. Like, like it's style. just like. It's it's a yeah. There's a couple Lion King like there's some avant garde stuff. Um, I think my favorite was just like a cartoon, like a cartoon inflatable cow that you would get from Party City. That one was my favorite, ten out of ten. But there were a couple of like nightmare fuel ones where it was like it's a woman and she's on stilts, but she's also got the stilts on her hands and like she's all white and she's got the like the makeup and everything. And again, all the spots are weird. Like I don't think I don't know. I'm from Ohio, so I like a cow seems like an easy win. But some of those things were like. Where is this stage located? <laughs> is it in a city of some sort in which these children have never seen a, a cow in real life? Um, anyway, sorry. you Not a lot of 4-H happening there. I had to talk about all the scary cows I saw today. Because uh, they will haunt my dreams. <laughs> all right. Well, we don't have scary cows in this episode, but we do have scary Emma. And scary we have, Emma. And we have Hook, who is desperate to to get Scary Emma to pay attention to him. So he's going to pull a Bella Swan. Notice me, Senpai! <laughs> uh, and he's going to uh, try and um, put himself in grave harm's way, much like Bella Swan did in the uh, second movie and book, um, where instead of jumping off of a cliff into a, wa- a big thing of water, he is going to jump off a building while he screams, Emma, save me, Emma, get over here, Emma. And apparently in a behind the scenes, like during one of the takes, he said Bella Swan. And I think that's really funny. And I would have loved to see it because I'm like, he is Bella in this scene. I think that's great. Yeah, I I do think it's funny because like comparison wise, like Bella Swan, she was at least doing things she knows she'd lived through. She was just doing adrenaline junkie things. And because Edward Cullen is a lunatic, uh, she's not allowed to have fun or do anything because she is a tiny, frail human person who will just burst like paper mache. Um, but I do love the fact that probably somewhere in the back of his brain, Hook knows that he's indestructible. Oh, you uh, think because so? he, 
Yeah, in this shot, like in the jumping off the building thing, uh, because he does not hesitate. Like, he knows that Emma will come for him, but I think probably somewhere in him, he has that 17-year-old, like, jock boy mentality of just like, I'm going to live forever, and just, just just fully walks. Like, he if if she didn't catch him, he dead. Hook is a splat. He's like, he's just a gone person. He didn't even think about it. Like, that's trust and a weird id thing of just being like, you'll, you'll live. You're, he does not have a fear of death because in the back of his brain, he knows that he will live forever. Memories are no. And apparently Colin O'Donohue is not afraid of death either. Cause he really wanted to do this stunt, but they didn't let him for insurance oh, reasons. So it's a stunt on. double, but apparently he really wanted to do it. Oh, listen, and- I noticed every single stunt double, uh, mostly because at one point I had to pause in the middle of the labor and delivery scene uh, and Whale's stunt double is hysterical. <laughs> like, oh, I need to lo- I need to go look at that. He makes some great faces. God, the, the comic relief of Whale. We're 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 getting there and I cannot wait. But in the meantime, Emma saves him once again. She has this thing in this episode where she likes to stand with one foot crossed in front of the other. Um, and she does it by choice in this episode. And then when she gets hit with the squid ink later, she like, she's getting frozen in the squid ink and she's like, hold on guys, hold on. I got to cross the legs. So I look really sexy while I'm frozen. Okay, good. Now I'm squid inked. We're good. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, her body looks incredible. So I'm like, I'm not going to complain. I love but the idea. Of, I love the idea of like her version of the dark one is also knowing all of her angles. Like she's just like I know exactly. Listen, if he's gonna freeze me and he's gonna talk to me and be mean to me, I need to make sure he knows that I have hips that do not quit. So mm-hmm. we're just gonna cry because it's such an obvious thing that she's doing. Like it's not like they have her walking and she stumbles or something. She it just looks like they caught her when they weren't supposed to, like on camera, and she's like dramatically step ball changing her foot over. <laughs> And it's just like, it's so awkward. And then she's standing there again in heels doing this. So 10 out of 10, but it's such an awkward, like she wasn't going to be like in a running man pose or anything like that. So she, she needed to look like she was in movement. Yeah. Such a strange, it's a weird choice. Well, as Emma is standing there in her, her cross-legged position, uh, chatting with Hook, he, you know, they have another moment together. He's trying to get more information out of her. She's being very cagey and dodging his questions, just saying, you don't need to know. Just know I'm doing this for you. And he's like, whatever you did, I just want to know. I, I already forgive you. I just want to know. It doesn't matter to me. And she's like, I'm a dark one. I don't need forgiveness and all this stuff. And then Hook just goes into like this long, long monologue, beautiful monologue, but a weird monologue where he's just like, see all these rings? You want to know how I got these scars? It was very much that scene. And like, and it was honestly, I I dug it. This was, this was like character set dressing that I appreciate. Sure. It's tell, don't show, but this is a tell, don't show that I don't mind. Like it's, teasing much more about his life and his personality and it's also informing us later on uh, once we get the reveal the dark one reveal it's like oh no this is a bad seed this is a bad guy for the job yeah i do wish there had been more breadcrumbs about the rings because the rings kind of came out of nowhere true um i kind of wish there was like a moment even last season, like, I know they probably wouldn't have known enough to telegraph that far, but, like, in a, 
like earlier episode just being like him like futzing with the rings because anyone that wears rings you just mess with them all the time you're just like <laughs> i cannot leave these alone and i feel like he would always he i feel like he spins them well he does something he anyway but i feel like there should have been a moment of being like hey where'd you get these rings uh, it's not important like for him to like brush it off like just that amount of dialogue for us to just because it's always, I've never even thought about his rings other than just, like, Phoebe Buffay, this is, like, a, just part of his character. He's a pirate who wears rings. It also kind of betrays the thing of why is he still wearing them? You know, like, if these were from horrible deeds that you've done, why are you still wearing them? Like, are you wearing them? Like, are you Sisyphus? You're, like, carrying the burden uphill to remind yourself of the evils you've done? Like... Yeah, so it's 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 good set dressing. It's good character build, but it's there are sad some problems boy with fuel. It. This is why Hook oh, is. Oh no! It is sad. He's in his eyeliner. He's got his things, and he's just like, I've done bad things, and I carry these around to remind myself of all the dark, terrible things. And you're just like, I can fix you. I oh, will hug you. Oh no! It's giving very much like after that dude in after vibes. <laughs> The guy who's based on Harry Styles from oh. that fan fiction where he's like the worst person imaginable and the oh. whole series is like, you shouldn't be with me. And yet she is. You mean Twilight? <laughs> Pretty much all those. No, this this is after is worse than Twilight. I have he, not. I have not. I seen haven't it seen it. I've just watched YouTube reviews of oh, it. Okay. Because I, I refuse to watch these movies, but I'm bizarrely fascinated with them. Oh, yeah. No, I completely understand. Um. Yeah, no, there's this, there's a sad, for me, like, I get it, like, I I like the sad boy thing, the sad boy routine is a nice thing for me, but there is a line. Like, at a certain point, if you've told me you're a monster enough and you don't believe, it's like, okay, well, you know what, this has stopped being fun. This is not like a, not fun, but this has stopped being like, a, oh, you're a person and you're just, like, working through some stuff. This is just, your whole personality is just like, don't look at me. Ah. <laughs> I, I can't believe, just, ah. just Again, though, it is playing into his whole vampire idea of just be like he's a vampire full of like both existential depression and ennui. I love it. <laughs> it's very Lestat. It's given serious really? Lestat. He's going to be from Atlantis. <laughs> well, he goes to the underworld, so it's kind of close. Uh, All right. <laughs> well, Emma says, hey, do you want to see, do you want to know the truth? No matter how painful it's going to be, do you want to know? And he says, yes, I want to know. And she's like, okay, I'll take you to my house or our house. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit more and that's it. I'm not actually going to give you the truth. I'm instead going to knock you unconscious. You know, just normal girlfriend, boyfriend things. <laughs> yeah. And and like, you know, the, the house thing was sweet. It did. I felt the pain of Hook not remembering and her pain as well, because, you know, she was the one who made him not remember this. And so... It was like, you know, it was it was bittersweet. It hurt a little bit. And uh, yeah, this 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 also might be to me reading too much pirate fiction is a genre that I like. Um, but I think a bigger deal should have been made. Out, I'm just going to carry on. I think a bigger deal should have been made about Hook deciding to buy a house inland. Mm. Like he is a captain of a ship, a vessel. It has been his life for thousands, hundreds, thousands of years. Him buying a house that is not directly on the shore should be a deal. Like, that's a big moment. 
Also, it was just because that's the newspaper that was at Granny's and probably the only house with a picture. So he was like, I will buy this one. So, <laughs> but still, I think that it should have been just like, hey, you've got a pirate trying to put down roots on land. Like, this man is, he got it bad. Like, <laughs> figure it out, girl. She, he's he in love with you. Also a theme in Uncharted 4. Look at that. It's all coming full circle. So He's going to go treasure Drake, hunting. Just to, just to, just to, I've not played mm-hmm. this game. I only have the reference point of commercials. Is he Tom Holland? How is Nathan you? Drake Tom Holland? How dare you? I'm just asking. It's a genuine question. Or is he Mark Wahlberg? Oh, oh, I thought you were, no, he's Tom Holland. Oh, okay. But like, but they did it as like a weird prequel thing because oh. in the actual games, he's older. He's like oh, a lot older. Okay. He's okay. more Mark Wahlberg's I just, age. Okay. I just, just wanted just like, to make sure I was, okay. I haven't seen They just wanted to make that. him younger. The okay. games, some of them are great. Okay. Half of the games are fantastic. Okay. The whole story is fun. Anyway, highly recommend. Okay. Two, games two and four, amazing. Got it. All right. Anyway, so uh, Hook passes out because she has drugged him with something but he's not the only one because Zelina, apparently those onion rings were magic. She has love evil pregnancy onion rings. Mean, awful, terrible. So I'm doing a headcanon that that is not actually what happened. She was just trying to find something to blame and Emma did something else because she's a dark one. She can do that. But apparently in the canon, it was the onion rings, but it wasn't originally. They they retconned it later. Like originally it was like she actually did just give her onion rings, but then they changed them to be baby producing onion rings, like just full on prenatal vitamin onion rings, which I hate and I refuse. I, I Abby is stunned. Listen, I'd have, listen, listen. Maybe I'd have more kids if I had magic pregnancy shortening. <laughs> She'd be like, if you eat these onion rings, you will have this child in two months. I'm in. You don't even make it through your first trimester. You're just having kids. Just like, I eat so many onion rings. Look at my plethora of children. <laughs> like, this whole yeah, soccer but, team. Yeah, but it looked like she was hurting, man. I, that, looked, that looked brutal. And as, I will say, as, as somebody who was in a hospital and had a lot of like a bad pain experience that led to everything that happened. Uh, this hit a little close for me. <laughs> not my so, ideal, not my best time. So I had that thought and I was, I was like, Oh no. And then my brain just immediately like went, I'm going to just make this better. No, Zelina's just, I think Zelina's never really experienced pain other than like emotional. Like she's got magic. She's cutting our own hands off and she doesn't flinch and just grows it back. Maybe maybe childbirth pain is not a pain that she can deal with, like or, like deal with with her magic or anything, um, and not that she has it because she's got the cuff on. But I just feel like she's probably never had even a, sh- a rock in her shoe that has ever given her any problem. So the pain of a contraction would probably be the world's worst thing that's ever happened to her in life, God. and she's dramatic. God, her stretch marks must be horrible. Oh, because her yes. body just did not adapt. It was just like. <clears throat> it's just just she's got stretch marks that probably like these these belong in a museum kind of situation just like this is the greatest stretch mark of all time and you know that they're like dark green so like she's like a she's like a green tiger i'm just imagining her like like, like a pumpkin just like imagining her a watermelon she's like green with like dark green she's like a watermelon um i'm just imagining her on like magic mommy facebook grooves just being like i don't know 
if you ever frequented any of those, but I always loved it where it's like, I'm really worried about my stretch marks. And there's always that one woman typing in all caps. Those are your tightrope stripes, mama. We love you. <laughs> oh, like, God. That's not making her feel better about it. Love the energy. Uh <laughs> But maybe hold on to it for a few minutes. So anyway, so now Zelina is nine months pregnant and she is going into labor. Regina and Robin show up uh, because Nurse Ratchet's like, I don't know, man. She's just like freaking out. (laughs) Can you get her to shut up, please? I've got to get back to bed. Ratchet's never seen labor pains before. She's like, I don't know. Because again, it's Ratchet. So she's like, I don't know. She's been screaming in there, but they all scream. So I don't know. Yeah. I just assumed it was normal. It's normal for me. It's another day at the office. (sighs) So, yeah, so now she is in labor, so they take her to the hospital, and da-da-da-da-da, Dr. Whale is here! And they made, apparently they made special concessions working with his schedule so he could be here for this episode, and I love it. He has written 100% different than every portrayal he's had in the past. Like, they were like, we love you on iZombie, you are amazing on iZombie, we're just gonna take that character, and that's you now. You are now a zombie doctor in Once Upon a Time. I I am obsessed with how they 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 did this with him. I feel like I would just say they probably did, gave him no lines. Like they were just like, just be here, just do your thing, have a good time. Uh, and also apparently I was looking this up. I'm gonna double check to make sure I was right. But I think he auditioned for Charming. Oh, did he? I have. Hold on. I also have. I have Robin Hood up. Apparently the uh, Robin Hood. Uh, auditioned to be Graham, which would explain why they knew to put him in for Robin Hood because he probably had unreal chemistry with Regina. So that checks out. Uh, let's see, Doctor Whale, David Anders. Hold on, I want to. I make think sure he's I was... better as Robin, though. I do think he's better at that because I do like. I and he I liked died so fast. Yeah, we couldn't have done... audition for Prince Charming, but ended up being offered Doctor Whale instead. Yeah, and he has a pomeranium named Gus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Gus in the, the the OR. Oh my! Could you imagine? He like walks in, blonde <laughs> hair, a pomeranian under his arm. What's going? What's cracking? I should probably go wash my hands before we do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he comes in. He's just cracking wise. He's like talk, making jokes about his hair, and he's making jokes about like being slammed up against the wall. And he's like, God, I hope that doesn't happen again. And pff, of course, it's gonna happen again. Da da da. Rule of threes, everybody. And um. And yeah, and then he's just basically like, yeah, let's just get up in that vagina and let's just get that baby out. Like, he's so nonplussed. It's just really funny. Considering he is Dr. Frankenstein and this woman was two months pregnant an hour ago and now she is giving birth. Also, she's the Wicked Witch of the West and here's the Evil Queen and Robin Hood and we're all in here together. He's just like... I'm done, guys. I'm done caring. This is such a this is such a good way to like a scene to like textually explain to somebody once upon a time. So okay, so the wicked witch has been thrown into labor uh, because she was pregnant with Robin Hood's baby. Okay, so the doctor performing the surgery to to get the baby out is Doctor Frankenstein. Uh, but also the evil queen is there because she is dating Robin Hood and the, and, and, and the Eve and, uh, the wicked witch is also, uh, her sister, yeah. uh, Prince Charming and Snow White are also there, but they don't say much. Um, <laughs> I'm just, it's such a great scene. Um, I would also like to point out that Whale says, makes a comment. He's like, oh sure. Emma changes her hair and everyone freaks out. I change my hair and no one says anything. 
I just, I want to know what the townspeople are talking about while all of this is going on. Because they are all continuing to live their lives. And we have no insight on any of this. They're just like, oh, Granny's was gone and we had a beer garden. Now Granny's is back and the beer garden is gone. And now, like, Emma, the sheriff, is now the dark one. But Gold's also here. Like, I just want to be at the quilting circle for the stitching bitch while they talk about this. What is happening? The ladies who tavern have to do something when they're not at the tavern. The ladies who tavern were probably furious when the beer garden went down. (gasps) That was probably their favorite afternoon hangout spot. Well, yeah, because that's that's a good day drinking spot. Like, they go to the tavern for, for a girl's night out. That you know, yeah. but they, you can't go to a tavern at two in the afternoon. No, you, you, it, it's just not, it's not classy. So, but you can go to an outdoor beer garden. You bring your dog with you. Maybe get a, a plate of a, a plate of onion rings, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you can have that little beer mimosa because you know they make those too, and a hefeweizen, and you just, uh, just marry the day away. Listen, chatting about all the, all the goss. All the hot goss. The ladies who tavern know everything about everything that's going on. So, I, again, I just love the idea of that, like, there are other things happening. And I wish some of that were apparent. It's kind of like the other kids at Hogwarts. Like, what what, what were they thinking while all of this was going down? Just being like, oh, that kid, not again. Yeah, like, like, I remember one of my favorite episodes of, I believe it was Star Trek Next Generation or it might have been Deep Space Nine. Uh, it was one of the two where there was an episode that was lower decks, like kind of, you know, like they have yeah. the new Star Trek lower decks. It was just an episode from just the normal, the normies who, you know, live their lives and like are just working on the ship. Meanwhile, the crises are happening. They also did that on Buffy the Vampire Slayer where uh, it's all, it's a Xander focus episode and he's just having these like weird normal adventures. Meanwhile, everyone else is like safe stopping the apocalypse and he's yeah. not involved in it at all yeah i love things like that and i you know that's a set dressing i would have loved to see more of. yeah it's like in game of thrones when they do that where you like every once in a while they talk to a peasant and they're just like can you believe what's going on and you're just like you're ready with all the targaryen family lines and how you feel about each and everything and all the peasants were just like i don't give a shit are you gonna buy a chicken or not <laughs> like i i don't care which blonde weirdo sits up there i just need to sell my wares i love it I'm not going to send you on a quest. Yes. Stop asking. (laughs) I'm not that kind of NPC. Do you see an exclamation point above my head? No. Just a question mark because I help you with where can you find your chickens, which they are right in front of me. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so Zelina has her baby and it's a cute little baby girl. Uh, Regina's outside while they get the baby all cleaned up. And uh, she heads back in. Robin looks overjoyed. He's got a ch- another child. He's got a girl. Zelina is is resting and and uh, pres- hopefully pushing out the the afterbirth, the placenta. Before she thought. gets abducted, <laughs> I was like, she's sitting in this dungeon, just half a placenta sitting inside of her, being like, she's gonna die. This will kill her. <laughs> yeah, sepsis, guys. No joke. <laughs> And and for a hot second, I thought Regina was like gonna leave, and I was heartbroken. I was like, "No, Regina, you're you're part. You can be part of this moment, you know." Um, and I, I was a little pissed at Mary Margaret, where she's like, "Are you ready to go meet the newest member of your family?" I'm like, "Screw off, Mary Margaret." Yeah, don't say it like that. No. She said it so straight. Like, 
Mary Margaret has the best of intentions, but she does have a very traditional family view of life. Mm. So it's like Regina and Robin and, and, and Zelina can make this work. Like families come in all shapes and sizes, guys. We don't have to be like this. Like it just, obviously the way that this child came into the being sucks, but still the way Mary Margaret is like, this is a happy occasion. Let's not be weird and bitter about it. No, yeah. your daughter is, your daughter made this child show up. But also, I guess Mary Margaret did be like, my daughter is dead. <laughs> she is gone. The light is, the light of my life is dead. <laughs> but five minutes later, I'm going to do whatever it takes to save her from Regina, who's going to you're do whatever gonna, is necessary. Yeah, five minutes later, you're going to fight my daughter? Not while I stand here in my coat and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Emma shows up into the uh, into the delivery room and everyone's worried that she's going to take the baby because Belle, being ever so helpful, found a book that said in order to do the darkness thing that she wants to do, uh, she needs the cries of an infant child, which I'm like, she could just pull that up on YouTube. I don't I don't get it. Uh, but that's not what she needs anyway. She needs Zelina. Poor Zelina. Guys, she's got to recover. Her her. Her birthing canal was a, is a canal. It's not it's closed still yet. Open. It's still open. It's still open. I do love later she puts on a a uh, a bodycon dress, and I'm like, get it, girl. I guess I don't understand where the rest of your belly went because it takes a little while to lose that. Like mm-hmm. you still like the baby goes away. You don't immediately like no matter what a Kardashian tells you, you do not slip all back together. Whatever spank she was wearing in that, uh, <laughs> ten out of oh, yeah, ten. She's, I guess she's wearing like the um, that thing after you have like a, a, a C section where you have to like have the wrap around your body where you mm-hmm. tighten it super tight to like keep the stitches. <laughs> Little details, guys. The first thing is fun. So that's what she's. Uh, she did that in dress form. She did that in dress form, and I was about to make a really gross joke, and I won't tell it. So it's fine. <laughs> Yes, slow up. We're gonna normally. We're gonna I, normally, I'd be like, "Go ahead," but in this case situation, I'm not going to. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is. It's fine. My brain's just in a weird place. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, Hook wakes up. He is. He is in the room where Emma forged Excalibur once again. He is tied up, and Zelina is ends up joining him, and she is also tied up. And they try to get uh, answers out of Emma. And she's like, no, no, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to fix this. There's a stand down with everybody outside. Emma does a weird thing with the sword that apparently does a thing with her yellow magic. What is that? I have no idea. Because it looked for a second like she was freezing everyone in place. Or was she putting a protection spell around the house? They never explain what she did with this sword. We'll we'll get an answer in two episodes. Maybe. Maybe. Like, is Regina just frozen out front, cross-legged? <laughs> Put a pin in it, everybody. A big pin. And so Emma reveals that she is going to uh, take the darkness and put it into Zelina and then kill Zelina. And that's how she's going to solve everybody's problems. And that's why she pushed forward the pregnancy because she did, you know, she didn't want to kill a ba- uh, an unborn baby. Emma do- doesn't roll that way. So instead, she listen, just... listen, listen, this is the plan I have, but I'm not a monster. <laughs> it's like, um, I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm sure. just going to I'm just going to kill the mother right after yeah, she, she I'm gave not gonna, birth. Yeah, I'm not going to kill a baby, but I am going to kill that baby's mother immediately after birth. 
before. Yeah, I am going to leave the baby an orphan. Well, yeah, she still has her dad. <laughs> well, but still, it's just like, what happened? My mother died the day I was born. Oh, in childbirth? No, a crazy lady with braided white hair. <laughs> Killed her to get rid of all the darkness in the world. Imbued all the darkness in her and then struck her down with a giant comically large sword uh, full of waves. It's wildly impractical. Um, It didn't end up working, but... uh, No, it didn't work because Hook and Zelina managed to escape. They work together as a a team. Uh, Zelina gets her, uh, her magic cuff removed. She puts herself in a fabulous outfit. She pieces out... Hook's like, no, I got to find the squid ink because I got to get some answers out of Emma. So he squid inks her. She goes into her weird position, her weird cross leg standing position. So she looks fabulous while frozen. And Hook's trying to get answers out of her. She's refusing. She's like, you don't understand. It's going to all be okay. We're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And then Selena's like, no, he's not. Step, 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 step with kitchen shear, with a like, with gardening shears. Yeah, hard, like a pair of rusty, rusty gardening shears yeah. that she found out outside next to the big secret dream catcher, which I guess Emma kept on the potting table. Yeah, I I could have sworn I remembered seeing a visual of like a room that Emma had with like 30 dream catchers in it. It might still, that maybe, might still happen. I don't know where vi- that door led though. So maybe it was going out into the sunroom and the sunroom maybe had all the, because I remember it being a windowed room. So yeah. maybe she was stepping into like the plant area. Like there was plants and dream catchers. Like she was having a real cottage core moment, mm. um, a problematic cottage core moment, but a cottage core moment. <laughs> <laughs> and so she shows Hook the, the truth in, that's hidden in the Dreamcatcher Hook's memories of what actually happened. Emma's begging him not to look, but he looks anyway. So what do we see in that Dreamcatcher, Abby? Besides all the previously ons. All the previously ons very quickly. I, I like the mm-hmm. idea that all this happens in like an instant and it's just like he catches all of this very quickly. It's just like flash, flash, flash. <gasps> I know everything. Uh, yeah, we go back and Emma is desperately trying to get the fire of Prometheus to reignite. And apparently it cannot be reignited unless she has decided to give up the darkness. Like that's, they kept saying it and it sounded weird every single time they said it. Like I kept thinking that I was hearing it wrong, but they're like, no, I can't. This is a very much a plot convenience thing. It's Uh like, oh, she can't use it until she does the thing we need her to do to move the plot forward. That's the one rule it has, this and, one specific thing. And so she's super crazy frustrated about it. And <laughs> I love Granny is getting ready. Like, they're like, let's close up. Oh, no, something terrible is happening. Granny's like, I've got my crossbow. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so we can't get the thing going. We can't get it going. Rumpelstiltskin comes to her and is just like, don't do it. <laughs> Don't get rid of it because if you get rid of it, then I the manifestation of me in your brain goes away, and I simply cannot have that. I love the self preservation of the Dark One spell in this moment. I'm obsessed with this. Like I wish that 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 manifestation more than Rumple's characterization came through because yeah, it's, it's almost like a virus, and it it yeah. needs to keep its host alive. It it, g- it gave me a very like one of my favorite. One of my favorite things in The Good Place is like when you reset a Janet, they plead for their lives. No, please don't do this. I have a family. Like they'll do anything to keep you from hitting the button. It had that vibe to me, but Mm -hmm. like in a more of a rumple way. And and so he's like, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
he's she's like ah, i don't know but henry's like hey look i have this newspaper with a house circled on it uh because we get these still uh because someone is working at the newspaper uh apparently and there's still a real estate section and apparently operation light swan i feel like this is where i've decided that the operation thing needs to die oh yeah okay cool because I feel like also at this point, they also knew, like, they made a comment about Dark Swan, too. So, like, they're very aware of what the fandom is saying. And they're doing fan service in, like, a bad way. Like, this yeah. isn't fun fan service. This is just, like, weird, hokey, like, if if dad jokes were fan service. Yeah, it I feels guess. like it feels like bad attempts at Twitter memes from corporations or something. Oh, God. Uh, yes. <laughs> Real verified accounts. No. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, we've discovered, uh, now also be like, oh, by the way, Merlin's bad now because Arthur and Zelina Im- made the sword control him. So now Arthur is telling Merlin that he has to kill Emma if she does not give him prometheus flame thing or they're gonna kill the family this whole time they are like tying everybody up to the tree and snow just sits there with her chin up line straight face line on her mouth and then she just says nothing the whole time no one shouts to emma no one says anything like emma don't do it we'll be fine you'll be this no one says anything they're just being quietly tied to trees in the middle of the day I feel Strange. like they should have been gagged or something if you're not going to have them talk. Like, yeah. you have to have an in-world reason for them not to say anything. Like, they would be... Why is Merlin the only one trying to get her to do anything? Like, they don't even say anything, and Snow doesn't even make any noise while she's being choked in a couple of things. I feel like there's something we missed about her, them being silenced. Yeah, Charming didn't even say... He wasn't even freaking out as his wife is being murdered in front of him. I, there were so many, like, I, I will say I, I didn't dislike a bunch of stuff. I know we're having a good time here, but like this scene actively upset me. Like, I was just like, what is this scene? It seems so out of place. It seems poorly set, dressed and characterized. I didn't like the scene. So the whole thing is then Zelina's there. We tie Zelina to a tree. It's fine. Emma's just like, I will solve this in my own way. So Arthur tells Merlin to choke and to kill Snow to convince Emma. And so Snow is sitting there quietly being choked to death while no one exclaims or does anything. And then Emma has a pep talk with Merlin being like, you can do this. You can fight it. I believe in you. Fight the darkness. Fight the thing. But wouldn't that be like, wouldn't that be true? If like, maybe this comes up later, but wouldn't the dark one also be able to like dig down deep and fight the commands of the dagger? Like if that's the spell we're fighting? Because it's See, the that, same spell. I was very confused about all this because Merlin is not a dark one. He's not. That's not what he is. And yet, yeah, he's commanded by the sword. Well, but like that a, was that was what last episode was like. All of his magic is being tied to the sword. The same way yeah. Nimue was tied to the dagger. Like it's the same spell. Okay. Like, that was the thing. Like, it was like Arthur found Merlin's spells and made Zelina do it to the sword to tether Merlin to the sword. So, so Arthur now turned Merlin into a dark one. They, he, they've just tethered his magic. I don't know why it's dark. 
Yeah, because like, see, when, that's the part when I don't gets, understand. Yeah, because when it gets moved to to Hook, and when it comes out of Merlin's body, it's the black tendrils. Yeah, see, that I don't understand. What yeah. I understood was his magic and to control him was tethered to the sword. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why darkness leaves Merlin later. I don't understand this either. But apparently Merlin can fight it. Not later, but he can fight it now. And so he stops choking Snow, which is like, oh, I made it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we tie up Zelina. Zelina and Arthur, poof, away to go have an adventure somewhere else. We'll discuss this later. And they're like, don't worry, everybody. We got it. Like, smash cut to they're in the diner. I I wish they gave Merlin better stuff to do because he just kept saying stuff to further the plot. And it just seemed like he was, like, he asked for a line. Someone read him the line to remind him of the line. And then he said it back to make sure he heard it correctly. Like, that's what it sounded like. Uh, she's she's out back. She needed alone time or whatever he said. Maybe Snow said that. It was all bad. Everything that was in the diner upset me. I didn't like any of this. Yeah, it also, it's very disappointing considering what we saw with him in the last episode where we see what the actor is capable of and what he can do with the role, what he chose to do with the role is very, mm. very interesting and very passionate and, yeah. and, and and very complex. And so, yeah, for him to just be reduced to this plot device thing, Again, yeah. much like Arthur, it's because yeah. we have this shiny object here of of Hook and Emma. We have a shiny new toy we want to play with. So everything else that was leading up to it just gets dumped out. Yeah. I, I Again, yeah. It's like they told everybody to just to chill out, knock it off. So we go back to Emma. Hook goes out to talk to her. And they they have a conversation that I think is... It's fun. I, I like this conversation. I do think it's 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 a sweet conversation as well. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I just skipped over Regina. So we go out and Regina, or she's like sitting there having a staring contest. Uh, Emma with the the rock, and she's trying to make it go. <laughs> Regina stomps out there in her cloak thing, and she's like, "Listen, we'll get to the bottom of this." Grips the dagger and is like, "Dark one, I command you. Um, why are you being weird about this? What are your mental blocks?" And Emma's like, "Oh, I just, I just, I feel like I don't want to give it up. Uh, whatever." It's fine. And Regina's like, you can, I love this line so much. It's such a weird motivational question. You can lie to your family and you can lie to yourself. You cannot lie to me. I love this. I don't know why. It made me laugh so much. And so she's trying to. There is some Swan Queen vibes seriously happening in this interaction between them. Because Regina is just talking over and over. But first, they both look incredible. Regina with her red velvet and Emma with her white and her beautiful hair. And then Regina is basically telling Emma, no one knows you as well as I do. And I've come to know you so well over these years. I'm like a part of you now. Like the bells are ringing. And we had it on the steps outside of the house before the weird sword thing happened because it was just like, this is not how you should be behaving, Miss Swan. Oh, we're back to Miss Swan? Well, maybe when you start acting like Emma, I can call you that. It's like, whoa, hey, Lover's what's quarrel. happening now? <laughs> <laughs> whoa. We're having a spat. Whoa. Lover's quarrel. So <laughs> Hook comes out. And he's like, um, what in the actual hell is happening? This is not the way you do it. Now, again, are we on sketchy grounds ethically? Yes. <laughs> I love that Regina's not even like, I'm not even sorry. 
Like, I was doing what I needed to do to get this done. Uh, and she wasn't going to let it out. She's like, she's the dark one. I have to get through to that to get to Emma. So, but it did work because Emma now kind of like, again, she was lying to herself. So she kind of has it together. Hook goes out to follow her and they sit in their this beautiful meadow situation while Hook is like, and sh- and so Emma's got her blonde hair and the, and the big quilted cloak with all this beautiful embroidery on it, just looking like very angelic. And then just here comes Hook just all leather and just everything just the big cloak the boots the hand the hair the a guy liner the whole thing and he's just like so what's the problem and she gives him this very heartfelt speech about how she's like listen again she's wording all of this terribly so the whole time she's saying all of this hook looks like he's going to throw up because she's like I can only tell people that I love them if I think they're about to die or leave me. So like, did I tell you I loved you before? Yes. But that's because I didn't think I'd ever see you again. So, (laughs) and then Hook just, he kept doing that like eyebrow pump thing. Like, I know women do it too, but I've always equated to like a guy annoyance thing of just being like, I need to not make a face, but my eyebrows are like, "Mm, mm, mm." like just having a moment. And she's like, but, 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 but. I saw the house and it freaked me out. And he's like, okay, so you don't want to move in with me. So like we're harboring the dark one continuously on this earth because you don't want to move in with your boyfriend. That's fine. We don't have to move in together. We can separate. We'll just whatever. And she's like, no, 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 no. I want to. I'm just terrified because it's a very big step. And you talked about it with my kid before you talked to me about it. So it's weird and i'm just processing this and it's a big step for us because we've only been on like three dates before this happened (laughs) uh and he's like oh so like you still you still love me oh of course honey i still love you yay it's fine let's go and then they kiss and the flame goes up because she's decided to give up her darkness hooray what could possibly go wrong not a single thing (laughs) it's all gonna work out the and no so they go back to grannies we're gonna forge the swords during the weird tree tying uh hostage situation that was happening hook uh battled with arthur and got a little nick on his neck and emma and then arthur prattfald we can't and then arthur prattfald yes we we got carried away with the prattfalls uh yes Hook did sustain a minor injury from Excalibur and Emma used her light magic. There was a lot of light magic happening when she was fighting um, Merlin. It was light coming out like the it wasn't the white, pure white, but it's her yellow snow mat. It's her yellow yellow, snow. It's her her pea snow magic. So that came out. But it was also the color when she fixed Hook's neck. Mm -hmm. Anyway, cut forward. We're getting ready to touch the tips and forge a sword together because that's how welding works. And as that's happening, Hook's just like, hey, so I'm bleeding a bunch. Holy, holy shit. And he is just like, just a very nasty cut. They cut to, like, later we see it. And it's just like someone at the at the department or the makeup department went full ham on this. And I love it. <laughs> but this is the part where it's just like, oh, my gosh, why is Hook bleeding so much? And then Merlin, no blinking, just deadpan, says it like he has not an emotion in the world. Oh, he got cut by Excalibur. Um, Excalibur is meant to to loosen people's grip on this mortal coil. So he did. <laughs> He's dying. This man is gone. We need to bury him out back. It's over. And Emma 
immediately like because she's already like expressed vulnerability so she's in a very vulnerable place like right before she goes to forge the sword together she makes like knowing eye contact with hook like just be like we're gonna move in together (laughs) and and so she loses it and she's like no no no, there's something we we can do something and everyone acts like an absolute jackass to her in this moment I blame everyone for what happens next because like even Regina's like, sweetie, the nice man with the magic said there's nothing we can do. So we should just give up. And Snow says the same thing. She's like, no, honey, Uh, he's going to die. So we should do nothing. We should do absolutely nothing about what's going on. You have a woman who you know has been given all the dark magic in the world and all the impulse to go dark. And you're going to like treat her like a five-year-old who dropped their ice cream like this is what's happening right now yeah it's it's not i mean i get it like there logically there isn't anything they can do that isn't the thing that emma does like i don't think there are other recourses but like when robin was dying regina you know regina wasn't like well nothing we can do Hmm. Mm. isn't that isn't that mm. just the darndest thing? I, I and Emma mm. even says she's like, well, if you could have done something for for your loves, wouldn't you have? And I'm like, did Regina fully bring a zombie of her boyfriend back that almost damn near killed her? Yeah, and so, she also had Emma stop Robin from dying with yeah. dark magic. So pot calling the kettle, yeah. but everyone's just like, yeah, oh yeah, no, there's so much pot pot and kettle stuff that starts happening like from here on out like to heroes and villains it's spider-man pointing at himself uh and emma's just like no i will do anything so she does what anyone naturally would do and she spirits them away to the middle of this field full of these fake flowers with the weird grass um and she's and and hook hook is like dying so gracefully he's like no you must forge them together and cut it away so i will know that this is the the last thing I died for a cause. And you know what? To be fair, that's a hero. That's a hero right there. That's how you know he was at, at this point a hero because he was like, I just, my last dying thought is I want to make sure that you are happy and that darkness has been squashed. It's all it was. He's also begging her not to turn him into a dark one because he's like, I'm going to suck so bad. Because she like hints at it that I didn't pick this up the first time I watched it because she was like, no, there's something I can do. And he picks it up before she then explains it to all mm-hmm. the dorks like me who didn't pick it up right away. And he's like, no, 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 don't please, don't, please don't do that. I, you can't turn me into the literal thing. I hate, please. Like well, yeah, I was she's, a, yeah. she's turning him into the crocodile. Yeah. She against his will. And- I was a villain because of this. I, what am I gonna do? Hunt myself? Like what kind of weird, Aesop's fable thing is happening right now. Um, and she's like, no, it's not. And she, and she shouts. And there's been a couple of times when they've done this thing where Emma shouts in this guttural thing that I've not liked very much. Like last week when she was like, she's like, no, I am enough for like when she, when she yells at Nimue or Nimue. See, I'm doing it again. And Nimue, when Nimue tells her like, oh, you are nothing without these powers. And she's like, no. And she does that little guttural thing. I didn't like it that much. I like this. I liked this moment because she was like, it's not enough for me. I'm not going to pretend to do it. But she was like, it's not enough for me. And then she puts this Excalibur over top of him and apparently sucks the life force out of Merlin. 
in its darkness, which now I have questions about Merlin. <laughs> um, These are questions I don't think we're ever going to get answers to. We just need to accept it and move on. I guess. So, so we, we just get the darkness out of Merlin. The, it goes into Hook. Hook then disappears. And then he terminators uh, in, like, not Terminator. What am I thinking of? Um, no, Terminator. Yeah, he does yeah. the T2 thing where he comes up yeah. and he does the Secret World of Alex Mack thing. And Beth, okay. What is happening with this cloak? Please. It looked like they CGI'd his face into it. It His face was way too deep into it. Like it was pulled too far forward. Overall, I didn't think the cloak was that bad. I'm but just, he was a little bit like swamped in it. I just, I feel like it was too, like we talked about Emma's cloak being starched. This thing looked like it didn't move. Like he had to get in it from the bottom. And, like, put his arms in. Because, like, the armholes looked weird. Like, they looked real big and round. There were too many round things happening for me to be worried about his evilness. Does that make sense? Like, it was too... There were too many rounded corners for me to be threatened by what was happening. Well, yeah, because we don't quite know what dark kind of dark one he's going to be yet. I Just guess. like with Emma. I just... With Emma, she, she showed up. The hood was down. And she just looked like she had just, like, come come into the office and it had rained and she forgot her umbrella and she was like and her cloak was all kind of whatever he came out fully like the hood was up the air the, mm, the eh. i don't know i didn't it just looked goofy to me for whatever the like i would have preferred like a more jedi not jedi sith kind of cloak situation for him Oh, no, not the younglings. Not the younglings. Don't, don't let look at the younglings. He's going to get so many rings. Oh, my God. They're going to redo. God damn it. They're going to redo, like, the prequels. And you're going to see, like, Grogu being spirited out the back, like, in a director's cut situation. Like, when they've changed <laughs> all of the guns to walkie-talkies, you're going to see Grogu very clearly being marched out the back. With his little walkie-talkie. With his little walkie-talkie, yeah. Uh, so now, but we also don't really quite get a good visual of it because we see him become the dark one in the dream catcher, in the dream catcher. And it kind of looks like you're watching it on like channel three on a TV from 1985, which I think is funny. Yeah. And, and Zelina is just like, okay, I've done my damage here. See a dark one. Oh, wait, should I say dark ones? Ah! See ya and leaves. <laughs> Bye. And the, and the thing is, like that line is not nearly as clever as she thinks it is. But you got to give her credit for for believing in herself that much. But she she just learned about this, and I assume that again that there was a speed run of what happened on the Dreamcatcher. So she literally learned that this happened, got to watch it, went inside, showed it to Hook. She didn't have a lot of time to be workshopping fun insults like in the shower like she usually does like all of her mm. insults are clearly well crafted after years of trauma and her just being like shampooing her hair just being like and then i'll tell regina who's the wicked one now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes got him so yeah so now hook knows the truth he is a dark one just like emma is there are two dark ones which means there is twice the dark energy, which is something that Merlin had warned about in one of his many expositions. I was like, no, you cannot make another dark one. There's going to be too much darkness in the world. It'll, it'll, it'll. And so, like, Emma was not only going to put the darkness in Zelina, she's going to double darkness in Zelina. That's so, messed up, man. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Because all the darkness was put into a single dark one. 
But then more darkness was then put into him, but that darkness came from Merlin. How much darkness was Merlin holding on to? Yeah, this it's I don't understand. And if you put not, all mm. and if you put all the darkness into a person, you can't then find more of the darkness. You can't a hundred percent is here. You cannot any percent anything else. Like I would get it if there was like a okay. Well, there's a bunch of darkness in Emma, and we've transferred it, and now they're kind of like they're nice balance of there being two of them. I guess I don't know. I mean, it maybe make a lot of sense, maybe some of the darkness was just like being stored in Excalibur and that's why Merlin put it in the stone so don't get out and then Arthur got it and that's why he was becoming so weird because he was being influenced by the darkness of Excalibur. I like the idea that this is a magic sword that if you pull you become king but it's also an evil stone. <laughs> Just It's an evil sword. Evil sword. Like, well, it's kind of like the, the anyone that Anyone that wants to be the president of the United States is clearly a psychopath. Um, all of them. Uh, anyone that wants to be a king is a psychopath. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So once Hook has this revelation, he is he's ready to, to, to throw Emma to the curb. He's like, no, girl, we're done. Our future is done. So I now remember everything. And Zelina's right here. And she's she and I, we're going to get into some shenanigans. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, End dun, of dun. episode, big cliffhanger that will not get solved right away with the Bear King. The Bear King is just going to be a side mission, and then we'll get back to the main quest. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about this again later around Christmas time, guys. We'll get there. Yeah. And everyone, that was season five, episode eight. Um, Heirs to darkness. <laughs> uh, birth. Okay. And I mean, overall, like, overall a good episode, a very busy episode. And there were things that I, especially talking to, with you about them, there's things I found more disappointing than I expected because they were just, you know, kind of letdowns from some ex- really exciting things that had been built up with very exciting actors. But if that's the trade-off that we're going to get in exchange for this really interesting Hook and Emma story, it's not a sacrifice I'm eager or willing to make necessarily, but it's one I will make. Abandoned ideas from the wiki. The script contained more jokes from Dr. Whale, but there wasn't enough time for all of them. This, I'm furious. (laughs) I'm furious. (laughs) I'm just like pouring my heart about the episode and you're just like, not enough jokes from the Dr. Will. No, you're, 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 you're right though. Like everything you said was right. I just wanted to make sure we know that there is some disappointment. The most, the biggest disappointment, there were not enough jokes from Dr. Will. Yeah, we need those bloopers. We need, I came across some bloopers from Once Upon a Time and it was (gasps) an out-of-body experience because like i don't know sometimes you see bloopers from a show and you're just like confused by them because it's like such a serious show it had that kind of same thing like if you've ever seen any of that like small house of the Dragon, i i imagine the house of the dragon blooper reels go on for days with how they screw around because patty what's his last name the guy that played patty um, constantine yes i just imagine he was just there's just film miles of film of him cracking jokes but i will have to send you some of the clips but yes some of like watching them have fun on set together even in like some of the crazier scenes is very heartwarming Um, i mean 
they were all they were all in this wild wild ship together and we we're all on the ship with them going on a journey again journey but this, eventually to the underworld this this whole like they say that there was a script full of jokes for dr whale i contend that they they just let him vamp um vamp get it. oh wait no it's zombies it's not a good joke anyway yes this episode needed needed to, needed to not be letting the sails out of the arthur thing and i think that might have been a little bit better Mm-hmm. If I wasn't disappointed by that, um, I also kind of wish there was, I don't know, I, I do like the mashed timeline situation. Like, I like how that reveal worked, but I also don't, and I don't know why yet. I've been thinking about this since I watched the episode, and there was something about it that I don't like, and I wish they would have done better, but I, I, can't, I can't put my finger on it. For me, I think it was that it felt cluttered. There mm. was a lot happening over and over and over again everything was moving at this very labored pace there was no moment to stop and rest there was no moment to really reflect it was all very kind of compiled on top of each other and every moment was a moment that was teasing and leading into the next but not in a way that felt satisfying it was in a way that just kind of felt a little messy hmm that but been overall an- i did enjoy it oh yeah i like i feel like i like it better than the first time i watched it I remember being kind of more confused. Like, I was excited, but confused. You know what I think it would have been? This would have been the good two-parter where you do the entire Storybrooke scene, like, as the first episode. And then you have Hook being like, show me what happened. End of episode, roll the credits. And then we open back up to him, like, his brain transporting into the Dreamcatcher so we get to watch what happens leading up. And you get it all at once. As opposed to divvied up between other... Because it's just like a lot of dramatic scenes happening at once. And it's hard mm-hmm. to catch your breath. Yeah, that okay. would have been fascinating. It's not a, a type of storytelling that they really do. But, you know, that's why we're here. To tell them how to do their jobs better. I love talking about these episodes with you, Beth. It's it's It helps me work out my thoughts. Because mm-hmm. you say some wonderful, marvelous things. And I go, yes, yes. Because we both agree with each other. Because... Everything's wonderful, except for the fact that you think that apparently there could be too much guy liner, which I didn't no, think No, I was saying was there thing. was a conundrum because I didn't know, and you ah. answered it for me, and I'm happy. Okay, conundrum right. solved. Conundrum, conundrum solved, yes. Conundrum is solved. Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. It's just been a it's been a wonderful journey. I'm so excited we're in this season together. I have gotten a couple requests on our Patreon for uh, uploads of the original run of these episodes. Uh, I'm trying to find them, but my hard drive is um, not in the best condition, so I've been having trouble with it. So I'm working on it. But the chances are kind of slim that I'm going to be able to get those. And even if I did get them... Whether Abby would let me release them is another story. <laughs> the idea of those podcasts horrify and terrify me. The fact that you guys have, have been listening from this whole time. I would, I mean, I would listen to it, but I would do it like with AirPods in, in which I could throw them. Because guys, like it was, this was kind of like my first foray into all of this stuff. And so I was very nervous. And so I'm, I'm so concerned. Like I didn't want my husband to hear me podcasting. Like, we're going to ship this out to millions of people. Not millions, but whatever. And I'm like, I can't let my husband hear me podcasting, so I have to talk kind of quiet, and it's fine. It's fine. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. <laughs> um, and yeah, t- turns out we were not the the record-keeping geniuses uh, we should have been when starting this. Because um, it was just really kind of a, a whim. 
Like, just a, hey, let's just do this. We did not think, I don't think, I considered us being here in the year, the year of our dark swan 2022. No, I didn't either, but I'm glad Still we trucking are. along. I am so happy. I This is such a, such a marvelous, like, not a happy accident because we did it on purpose, but like, it's, Oh, where our lives will lead us. I, I will. I will tell you. So every every evening at dinner, this is a true story, by the way, hundred uh, percent. I'm getting emotional for a second. Uh, we do, we have a, th- a little tradition with with our son where we go around the table and we say one thing we're grateful for from that day because we don't we don't do prayer. We don't do evening prayer. Right. We do that instead. And for mine, mine was I was grateful to do the podcast with Abby tonight because I really enjoy it and it makes me feel really good and it's a lot of fun. That's what I was grateful for today. Beth, I'm in the middle of exam week and I haven't really been sleeping. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I can't hold it together. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I'm, now I'm emotional, but like in a weird, chaotic way. I love this podcast. I love you guys for listening. And um, I need to know what Christmas movie we need to watch for our Patreon. We are, I think we owe you guys a Patreon episode or two extra. Um, and I just watched Falling for Christmas. With I mean, Lohan. that's what I was going to suggest. So I will watch it again. I will watch it a thousand times. <laughs> I, I I haven't we... seen it yet, so I'll I'll I... try and get I'll get I'll get Tim to join me on that one. Oh, we should get Ty to do that one too. I don't know if Ty first first of all, Ty knows everything that happened because I was dramatic. I was I was watching it in in the kitchen as I always do, and I was having a good time while I was watching it. I'm like, oh no. She was in a ski accident and she doesn't remember who she is. Oh no, the hot guy from Glee is here. <laughs> it was just a lot of exclamations like that. Um, but yeah, I think Falling for Christmas would be a, an amazing one. I was, I was thinking about this. I'm just going to think out loud. Would anybody interested in like an actual like if we could do this like a watch along thing where we watch and talk about it? Like we just tell everyone to hit play at the same time and it's just us having commentary. Oh, we can totally do that. That would be. We can, we, we can do that on Patreon for sure. If anyone is interested in that, please let us know. That would be a Christmas. That would be so much fun. Have some. Yeah, let cider. us know in let us know in the comments. We could do that as a, a special gift for our for our patrons. Uh, speaking of our patrons, we want to thank all of you for supporting us, especially our Swan Queen level patrons. Uh, this week's Patreon shout out goes to Brian Sanina. Thank you so much, Brian. If you are interested in supporting us on uh, Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us, you know, wherever you get those d- yummy, yummy podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. <laughs> For now. For now. We'll I haven't tweeted since someone got reinstated, so... I I don't blame you. I haven't I really still much either. I still troll. Except tro- to talk shit about the Pinocchio movie. I moved to the hive just today. I haven't moved fully. Like, I think you're the only person I'm following at the moment. Uh, but if you're on hive, um, I'm just no underscore Abby. Just Abby. Finally. Mm. I moved to a social media platform in which I got it soon enough. Yes. Nice. And I am Apeth Elderkin on hive. So you can find me on there yes. as well. Uh, so thank you, everyone. We're going to be back next week with season five, episode nine, The Bear King, which is going to be quite a, uh, just a, just a heel turn and an adventure. Whiplash. Boom. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth.